Whenever we try to understand the gospel, whatever be the reading, there are two ways it has to be looked at. One is what is being said in the gospel, which is in the context of what is happening at the mission, in the mission of Jesus. And the second is, who is the gospel writer writing it for? Who's the audience? So when we take the first thing about who, what is happening in the gospel, we realize everything that we see in the gospels, especially the synoptic gospels and also the gospel of John, is all about Jesus preaching to his disciples. For him, the disciples are more important. So even though you have a reading like today which says he turned around to the crowds that were following and he gave them this message, it is not really to them, but by speaking to them, he's actually speaking to his disciples. Because he knows that they are the ones who are going to take his mission forward, not so much of the other people around him. So when we look at the two um, statements over there, one is the call to hate, uh, father, mother, family, etc. And the second one is to take up their cross and follow him. They are two things pointing to an important aspect of Jesus' mission and that is discipleship. So whenever we talk about discipleship, there are a couple of things we need to understand. The first is the difference between discipleship and apostleship. A disciple is one who is called to sit at the feet of the master. An apostle is one who is sent. So in order to be sent, you first have to sit at the feet of the master. You have to understand what is the master's wish of you, what is the master's mission. And therefore, when we see Jesus calling his disciples, or rather, let's put it this way, in order to understand discipleship, let us try and understand some of the characteristics of discipleship. The first characteristic of discipleship is simply the call to have a relationship with God. So when Jesus called his disciples, he's calling them for a mission, but he's first calling them to be with him. He's calling them to have a relationship with him because through that relationship, they will be able to understand the mission better. So when Jesus had the first four disciples and the many after them, he says, come follow me. It is not just come follow me, it is come be with me. And that is the first characteristic of discipleship. It is the call to have the relationship with Jesus. The second one is a call to trust. By being with the master, the disciple learns to trust what the master has. And the disciple also learns to trust the master's ability to help the disciple grow and also carry forth the mission of the master. So that's what we see happening with Jesus and like in today's gospel, he's teaching them to trust. When we say trust in God, it doesn't mean cling to God. It means to have that dependency on God, knowing that no matter what happens in our life, there is somebody much more stronger than what we have in the world to protect us and to help us go through in life. And finally, when we talk about discipleship as the characteristic, an important characteristic of discipleship is simply to grow in a totality, to grow in wholeness. And in order to understand this, let us take the analogy of a ship. What makes a ship function? What makes a ship move? Is it just the machinery? Is it the structure of the ship? Or is it the crew? And that's a very difficult answer to give because it basically means everything. You could have the best crew in the world, but if you don't have a machinery that is functional, the ship won't move. You may have the best ship in the world, but no crew, etc. It's the same thing. 
So discipleship means growing in totality. So when we see Jesus calling his disciples, he's calling them to an intellectual growth, knowing the mission of Jesus, understanding what is happening, what is Jesus calling of them. There is the spiritual dimension, their relationship with Jesus, and by the growing in their relationship with Jesus, to be able to grow in their relationship with God. Then there's the emotional, to understand what are their struggles and how they have to find ways to overcome that. Because he knew what was going to come in the future. If he, their master, if I, your Lord and master, are going to be persecuted, y'all are going to experience the same thing. So how would they find God in that moment? And therefore, when we take the analogy of the ship that I've just given to you, I gave you what is required for it to move. But we have to also see what can damage a ship, what can cause harm to a ship. And there are always two things, external and internal. When you talk about external, you have things like an iceberg, a storm, rocks, etc. are all things that can damage a ship. They are basically external things. Now for a ship can avoid it to some extent, but if it is not careful, it will be damaged. So when Jesus says, you are called to hate your father, hate your mother, he's not saying hate them. Otherwise, you would not have given those people to those people in the first place. We need family. What he's trying to say is if your discipleship leads to such an extent where you're dependent on other things rather than God, that is what will not help you. You can't say, I want to be there to serve God. I want to experience a relationship with God, but I still want to cling to other things that could stop me from building a stronger relationship with God. So when we have the example of the rich young man, the end statement is he went away because he was wealthy. In other words, he was more concerned about his wealth to give him security than God. The second is internal. And it's in the context of internal. You could have the fire in a ship. The machinery could conquer. There could be a problem with the crew. And that also can affect how a ship goes. So when Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me, it's more the internal blocks in our life. So for example, when we say cross, what is really our cross? Is it something physical? Is it the struggles? Is it the hardships? Or is it really something more internal with regard to our attitude? It's the way we look at certain situations that can make it a cross in our life or it can make it a blessing. So we are called to really find ways in which we grow in a relationship. We grow in a certain foundation and that's what we see in the second part of the gospel which is the analogy of building a strong foundation. The whole experience of those three years that the disciples had with Jesus was to build a strong foundation. And I'd like to end with a very important example. I don't know how true it is but it's available sometimes which is the Chinese bamboo. And the belief is when the seed is sown, it doesn't sprout for five years. It can be the most frustrating plant to grow because nothing happens. You're watering it, watering it, watering it, nothing happens. But after five years when it sprouts, it grows something like 90 feet in about a month's time. So scientists have tried to understand what is really happening and they realize in those five years, there's a very strong network of foundations being built. So when the time comes for it to sprout, it is able to grow. And that's what Jesus wanted of his disciples, to build that strong foundation, to be rooted in him. And once they were rooted in him, no matter what happened in their life, 
they were able to say yes to the mission and yes to whatever struggles come, came their way. Because they didn't look at the struggles as crosses, they looked at them as graces and gifts to experience the presence of God in and through that. And in the following weeks, we're going to be having the church incentive to have this program and grow, a six-week program. And I think it's an opportunity for us to grow in our faith, grow in our relationship, to build a stronger foundation that enables us, like the disciples, to continue to say, I do, to the mission of Christ in our life. Amen.